Let's talk about Korach. Because we find a number of interesting comments that Chazal make about Korach. And we find it hard to put them all together in the same person. On the one hand, we know that Korach was the one who got the highest position that Levi could have. If the jobs of the Levim would be to be involved in carrying or in building the Mishkan, and we know it was broken, broken into the three families of the Levim, the Mirari who carried the boards, and Gerish who carried the curtains, and the Nekahos who carried the Kalim. So of course, the prime distinction goes to carrying the Kalim. And even out of the Kalim, so then there weren't too many Nekahos who were able to do it. Think about it. When we talk about the numbers of Nekahos, we're talking about about 2,000 people. But even that, even if we're going to take some of those people, how many of the Nekahos actually carried Kalim? How many Kalim were they to carry? There was the two Mizbehers, uh, four people each. There's the Menorah, we don't know how many people carried the Menorah, but even let's say there's also four people, I don't know exactly how they carried the Menorah, they didn't have the Badim. But let's say, we take four people to carry the Menorah, let's say, we're talking about 12 people, the Shulchan is another four people, 16 people, are in four people, 20 people. So out of the approximately 2,000 Menorahs, 20 of them have a job carrying Kenyan. We don't know more, there aren't any more Kenyan. Maybe you want to call the ramp of the Mizbech, maybe you want to do the Kior, okay. It's not, not, it's not a lot. It's a very small percentage of the Nekahos who actually was able to carry the Kenyan. Uh, out of those, obviously, the first prize was to carry the Anakodesh. So, Karach was one of those four people. The first thing that Karach is Karach bin Naseh Aranah. He was one of the four people chosen to carry the Aranah. So, if you're talking about as the greatest Levi, if you're talking in the, in the camp of the Levim, well, Karach was one of the top four. Besides that, besides that, the, we know Karach was extremely wealthy. Extremely wealthy, how do we know that? The Chazal tell us that when, ya- when Yosef so gathered all the money of the entire world into Egypt because everyone needed to buy food, and after the process of Yosef gathered all the money from the whole world in the time. What did Yosef do with all that money? So it's interesting. It's brought that Yosef stored in hidden locations, he didn't tell people where it was. Korach uh, managed to find a third. A third of the money that Yosef had hidden. How Karach found it and why after Karach found it, we, don't, we aren't told by Chazal where he found it or how he went about finding it. But he did. So, besides that, we can safely say that Karach was probably the richest person in Tyre's role also. He had uh, access to wealth that no one else had. So, we have two, in two different areas completely, uh, two areas where Karach was unique. Like we said, among the even among Levi, he was considered the prize shevet. He was, he was at the very top. He was one of the nice Aaron. And if you're talking physically, so he was probably the wealthiest person in Kaisu. Besides that, Karach was on the Drach HaKodesh. Karach was on the Drach HaKodesh. And Chazal told us this clearly. That he's able to see in Drach HaKodesh that he was going to be the great-great-grandfather of Shmuel HaNavi. So... Not just on a physical level, but on a spiritual level, Karach was holding in a pretty high place too. Someone has a Racha Kodesh. That's also a Dalga. And it's not just a Racha Kodesh. Let's not forget that if he was going to be the great-grandfather of Shmuel Navi, it means he had certain schosim to have a descendant like that. Okay, so we, we talk about Karach. We talk about, on the one hand, the background to the story of Karach, that he had, he had COVID, he had money, he had a dargur of Ruch HaKodesh, 
And one last thing which Chazal said about him, which doesn't say too many people, Karech should be He wasn't, he was an intelligent person. Okay, he was clever. So, Karech has a lot of minus. Karech has a lot of minus. And yet, on the one, it's on the one hand. On the other hand, we see Karach acting in a way which we don't understand. It doesn't seem to make sense. It doesn't make sense even on Lishit also. Which means, if we understood exactly what, where Karach was coming from, what Karach wanted to do, so we'd understand, maybe, we could try and rationalize what he's doing. But even Karach Lishit also doesn't make sense. Why? What did Karach, what does the Pasuk say? And what did Chazal say? So, the, what the Pasuk says is that he, Karach gathers together his followers and he comes to Moshe and he says in the words of the Pasuk, Kikola Eda Kurum Kedoshim. Everybody is Kodesh. Ta'is shall be all Kedoshim. And therefore, my daughter is Nasal Kahalashim. Moshe and Aaron, why are you trying to be leaders over the Jewish people? My daughter is Nasal, why are you being leaders? And the argument that we understand from the Torah is that Ta'is shall Kedoshim, they don't need leaders. Everybody's a Kaddish. It's not like they need you to lead them. They're, they're all on the level of taking videos. Okay. And uh, the Midrash says, not only did he ask, ask that he displayed it graphically. He brought a comment which is completely treilis and said, there's something which is completely treilis still need a string of treilis on it. Which means, if you have a regular Vegas, so then you have the one string of treilis which is going to maybe like, uh, fix, like help the Vegas. You're giving it treilis. But the whole Vegas treilis and the idea was, if you have uh, normal people, so you need a leader. You understand, the string of trellis, the one that connects to Shemayim, you need a leader. But if everybody's trellis, we're all Kedosh, we're all Tzadikim, we don't need leaders. Okay. So let's ask the question. So what did Karach want? Karach wanted, no one should be the leader? No. Karach wanted that he should be the leader. So then your argument falls apart. If you're going to ask a Moshe and Aaron, well, everyone's Kedosh, so why are you leading them? So Karach and Nishitasko. And what did you want? So there, shouldn't, so there should be anarchy. No one should be a leader. That's what Karach wanted. Karach wanted to be the leader. So let's also, let's, you apply that argument to you too. Everybody is Kaddish. is now, so why do you want to be a leader? They don't need leaders. You said it yourself. Now, like I said, it's such an obvious question. That Karach, who was a Baruch Kaddish and a Pikach and everything we said about it before, wouldn't have made such a stupid mistake. No, that would have been absolutely obvious. So what was Karach's argument? What was Karach's argument that Kaisal doesn't need leaders, we're all Kedoshim? How did that help him? How did that help him? How is it going to help him uh, if he wanted to be the leader with that argument? It's working against himself too. That's the first question. The second question is, the second question is that we understand that Chazal themselves asked the question, what in the world does Karach think he was going to achieve? But I want to ask the question also. I know it's Chazal. Also, let's explain Chazal's question. And that is, if you're going to get involved in a fight with somebody, there's one of two reasons why, it's, why you, might, you might be willing to get into a fight with someone. The one reason is because you really think you're right. I really think I'm right, I really think he's wrong. And therefore I'm standing up for what's right because I really believe that the MS is with me. That's one option. The other option is 
Even if I'm not convinced of that, but I think I'm stronger than that. And therefore, sometimes people will fight for things which are unnecessarily justifiably right, but we think we're stronger, so we can win anyway. Now, if Korah's going into a confrontation with Moshe, let's ask the question, on which basis was Korah fighting? On which basis was Korah fighting? In other words, did Korah really believe he's right, or did Korah really believe he's stronger? And we have a problem with both of those. Because the obvious question, the obvious question on Korah, and this is a question which we would have asked if someone, if let's say, we would have been presented with the Korah today, the obvious question we would ask, and we have to assume that the Jews in the Midbar asked too, and that is, what are you saying, Korah? Are you saying that Moshe was never the leader? Are you saying Moshe was once the leader and now Hashem deposed him? Well, what are you going to say? And it, it doesn't make sense either way around. Think about it. If Moshe was never meant to be the leader, it was all a mistake. Moshe decided that he's the leader. Hashem never sent him. Bichal. He did it all by himself. Well, he has a pretty impressive record for somebody who was never meant to do the job. He fought power. He took us through the arms. He gave us the money. He gave us the Torah. He's doing a pretty good job. So what are you going to say? That that was all a mistake. It was never meant to happen. And so why did Hashem give it to us? Hashem went along with that, right? Hashem gave us the Torah, not Moshe. Hashem gives us the money, not Moshe. So to say that the Chathchila was a mistake, Moshe was an imposter, it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't really make sense. Has he been so super successful if he was an imposter? Like, so what's the other option? The other option is, okay, so you're right. Once upon a time, Moshe was the leader, but not anymore. Not anymore. So let's ask the question that way around. Well, what did Moshe do to lose it? Yeah, you're going to say that Moshe was the leader and he was doing a great job. Hashem was very happy with him. But not, not, not now, no. What happened? What did Moshe do wrong? What caused him to suddenly lose leadership? Especially that we're going to say Hashem didn't say that to anybody. We didn't hear any major nevoah or any major thing that Hashem was kicking Moshe out the job. So what would change? What would change? Agav, the way I'm presenting this question isn't unique for that. This is the, fa- this is the argument you always have against the Christians to prove Yiddishkeit. You say that the, the Christians claim, Kaisal Anta Amanivchar, the Anta Chosen Nation, they are. So you can ask this exactly the same logic. And you're going to start, well, does that mean, are you saying we never were? Are you saying we once were, but we lost it? You can't say we never were because, well, we, Hashem did take us out of Egypt, and he, he gave us a Torah, you can't argue with that, the whole world heard it, and he, he gave us the best of Mikdash, so I said, it never happened? No, they can't say that. It's, it's clear that it did. So what's option two? Uh, once upon a time you were, but then you lost it, which is what they say. Alright, when did we lose it? If, you, if, if, Luita, Christianity would have started at the time of the Khurban, maybe there would have been an argument. You see, Hashem brought the Messiah, she kicked out of Eretz Yisrael, and uh, he tried somebody else. Hashem promised he won't do that, but let's say that would have been an argument. But to say that, no, when Christianity started was at some random date in the middle of Bayez Shani, when nothing specific was happening. It was 200 years before the Khurban. Right? So now, Bidyuk today, that's when Hashem decides, what do we do? Why would that be a time then to, to change Kaisal for somebody else? There's no reason for that. So why should he do it? And that, that's how we prove. That's not true. In the Chathchila, Hashem did choose us. You can't argue with that. There was no reason to assume Hashem changed his mind. We didn't do anything that Hashem would change his mind, so why would he? So that's, that's all we used to prove Yiddish Kaisal. So he's on a Korach too. You're claiming Moshe is no longer the leader? What did he do wrong? Why would Hashem take it away from him? He's doing a great job. So why did anybody listen to him? Well, what argument is that? You can't say Moshe was never the leader. Moshe's proven himself. 
And so what are you going to say? But now Moshe is no longer the leader. Moshe is not the leader. Why shouldn't he be the leader? So like I said, so besides for the fact that Korach's argument doesn't help him either. If he's, if, if he's going to argue that Kaishal don't need leaders, they wouldn't put him in the position that Kaishal don't need leaders. But even if, let's say, he wanted to be a leader, what argument does he have? What's he going to say? You, you, so, like we said, if you're going to find for somebody on the, on the side of, well, I'm right, it would be very hard for Karach to, to, to convince anybody that he was right. Moshe is doing a great job. Moshe is chosen by Hashem. Why do I think that, you, that Moshe was wrong? And that you did really read it? would be very hard to do that. So what's the other option? I, mean, I might not be right, but I'm stronger. Which is agar, what the Christians always rely on. Right? They're not strong, they're not right, but they're stronger. They're more of them. And once again, Korach's taking a very big risk by that. Because Moshe's a novia, Moshe can do this. So Korach really believed that I'm stronger than Moshe? Korach really believed that if I'm going to confront Moshe, and it's going to be a it's going to be a showdown. And Moshe will say, Okay, Hashem is going to decide, which is exactly what Moshe did say. What does Moshe say? He gets confronted by Korach, and Korach says, You're an imposter, you're not the leader, I'm the leader, you just you just fit in Claudius role. So what's Moshe going to say? Exactly what he said. He said Hashem decides this, then Hashem decide. And Hashem decided. But so what what was Korach thinking? When Moshe was he going to be stronger than Moshe? If, if it would come, even if let's say we're not going to have an argument that would convince Klai Yisrael he's right. But if, even if we would come to the, the conflict, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to go to war? You're going to shoot arrows at each other? What do you think is going to happen next? If you're arguing with Moshe, who did Hashem choose? So then the, what Moshe said is 100% logical. You're arguing with Hashem, choose, then Hashem decided who he chose. It's a Shayyif Khar Hashem, what well, Hashem Hashem choose. So what Korach thought he was going to win? It just doesn't make sense. Especially like we were backing it up. Korach wasn't an idiot. And Korach wasn't a high level. And Korach wasn't like a, someone who had nothing to lose by trying. Because then he had got nothing in life. It's not true. He had money and he had COVID and he had chashivas and he had everything. So, if you think a little bit about the story of Korach, it really doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. Or what makes less sense is even if you're going to blame it for medals, which we could do. And we can say that so bad medals can drive a person out of his mind. Maybe. And Karach was jealous, and Karach was whatever it was, Mishkanya, and, and therefore it was completely illogical. That doesn't explain Kali Yisrael. Why did so many people follow him? It says, the Akhil of Karach is Kala Eidah. Well, that's a strange thing to say. The Eidah, what, what do they have to gain from it? They're all back in Karach for what? Well, what's he offering them exactly? And, and this is such an obvious question that the the, the, Azal, the Gemara Sanhedrin says, one of Karach's followers was a guy by the name of Anbin Pelis. And what happened to Anbin Pelis? So he comes home all enthusiastic after you know, Karach's Make Karach Great Again rally, and he comes home, I'm supporting Karach. Right? And his wife says to him, Idiot, what in the world? She says, No, Karach, Karach, I'm voting for Karach. He said, What are you going to gain? Is it going to change you in any way? If Moshe is the leader, if Karach is the leader, what are you going to gain? What's going to be different for you? Which one is going to be? You're going to be the same Anbin Pelis. You're not getting any different. Ah, fuck it, you're right. So she managed to get him out of it. And he didn't get killed with the rest of them. But what's, uh, it's such an obvious question. What, what's in it for Kali Yisrael? Karach has a campaign. Karach wants to be the leader. What do the Jews tend to gain by Karach being the leader of Russia? It's such an obvious question. It's, it's, such a, it's not just an obvious question. 
it makes it ridiculous not like that. If someone says, support me to be, a, I want to make a rebellion. I want to be the leader instead. Support me. So most people are going to say, well, what's in it for us? What are we going to get if we support you? What are you going to give us different? See if he promises them some kind of reward. Okay, so they can make a shikul. It's worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah, it's taking the chances. Is it worth it taking the risk? Yes, no. We can talk about it. Sure. But over here, what could Karach often that Moshe didn't? Think about it. They're in the mid- They're in the midbar. Well, they need man because they don't have food. So what's Karach Achman then? He's going to give them something instead of the man. And they need Moshe to teach them because they need uh, to need them. They need a Navi. Hashem is to give them directions to tell them what to do. So what's Karach offering them? I'm going to be a better Navi? Or we're going to do that Navi? What, what was the offer for Klai Yisrael? Why, why would they be interested in this? Kiddo, that they're supporting Karach. Like I said, even if we said, point out before, it's not really a logical uh, position Karach was taking. But whatever reason they wanted to support him. For what? What are you getting from it? What are you getting from it? And then again, we're not talking about simple people. The Ada that Karach uh, g- uh, gathered, the Apostle says, the CAA Dokre Maid Anche These are people who were leaders of Kali Israel. Ashi says, Rashi Sanhed Rose. A Rosh Sanhedrin is a Chafu. It's someone who thinks things through, it's someone who's a Pikeach. It's not just the rabble who get roused up by anything. To bring 250 Rosh Sanhedrin, right? And they all decided, yes, we're supporting Karach. What in the world? This doesn't make sense. Those are the questions. Those are the questions. We have the story in the Torah of Karach. Like I said, if you think it through, it's extremely strange. Extremely strange what Karach was trying to do. Extremely strange why the Yivah had a half a minute of work. Extremely strange casual support him. And it seems like the only way to deal with Karach was what Moshe did. Hashem had to intervene. Hashem had to intervene and show miraculously Karach's wrong and not just wrong, he's wrong, but kill him and everybody else. Okay, so what's, what's the underlying... What's the underlying Pasha behind Pasha's Karach? So the inside is like this. I'll start with the previous question. I'll start with the previous question. I'm Pasha's Balaisa. Moshe comes to Asha. Tayyash are companion, and they don't like the mon. They remember the fish, and they remember the garlic, and they remember the watermelons, and they're not happy with mon. So Moshe comes to Hashem, and he says, Hashem, enough. I can't take these people anymore. They're not my children, I'm not responsible for them. Hashem, find them somebody else. So Hashem says, okay, no problem. We're going to make the first bureaucracy in the world. We're going to find 70 people to lead Klai Yisrael. Right, 70 is scaling. No problem. Moshe, you're going to appoint the scaling. Set up as the scaling. Right? Okay, so that's Hashem's answer to the question. Good. So Moshe goes, and he brings down the Rocha Kodesh, and he appoints the scaling. Wonderful. And now, Moshe, I want to ask you a question. I don't know if you ever thought about this one. And that is... What did the Scanian do? What did they do? Moshe appoints them. They now have the Scanian. And you never hear about them again until the end of the Torah. Everything which happens goes back to Moshe again. When it was the spies dancing in Pasha, it's the Moshe. And when it's Korach, it's Moshe. And when they're fighting about the Mon again in Pasha's focus, it's Moshe. And when they have a problem with the snakes, it's Moshe. And when they have to fight second in the Nog, it's Moshe. And with the with Bedam, it's Moshe. The whole way through, the Scanian disappeared. What are they doing exactly? What are they, what are they there for? It did nothing. Moshe has this complaint to Hashem, I just can't deal with Klai It's too much for me. Fine, the Skanim comes, the Skanim already 
come and they disappear. What? Where, where, where were they? Where were they? And if you're already asking the question, so then that's the second question. And that is, Moshe wasn't a, a scared person. Moshe was willing to take on Pari. Moshe was willing to take on Sichon and Og. Moshe was willing to take on Malachim. He wanted to bring on the Torah and the Malachim wanted to fight with him. He took on the Malachim too. Moshe was willing to fight with the Malachim always. Moshe wasn't scared. Moshe had a lot of courage and he was willing to fight. And now Kalkai shall come and complain that we don't like the one. There's no fish. And then Moshe, oh, that's just too much for me. I can't. That was Moshe's problem. That was Moshe's problem. Moshe dealt with much bigger problems than Israel had. Why was this the time he gave up? Why was this the time he gave up? You know, when he had to fight Sikh and Oak, then he didn't give up. When he had to bring Nisim for everything else that Kaishal went to, then he didn't give up. He had to fight with Bidam. That wasn't a problem. But now Kaishal went fish and they were garlic. Oh, that's, just, that, that's it. That's the breaking point. Why? Why? What was so terrible that Moshe decided, I can't, I can't do it anymore? He tells you, I can't. And he decided it's like this. The leader of the door has to be related to the door. Like the Gemara says, Hashem chose each door, the door shop, its leaders. The leader of the door has to relate to the door. If there's too much of a gap between the leader and the door, they just don't speak the same language anymore. If the Vilna God was alive today, he wouldn't be the God of the door. He wouldn't, relate, he wouldn't relate to us, he wouldn't relate to him. Even the Chavetz Chaim would be alive today. It's a different door. It's a different door. The leader has to be in, in a, a stage where I can relate to the door I'm beating. You have to be able to lead them, understand them, guide them, advise them. And if there's too much of a, too much of a disparity, it, just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You're in a different place to them. We could give a, a different drush about this, about how, how God of the door has to work with his door. Not for now. Lots of stories in the Gemara of this, of when the, the God of the door got too far away from his door. The, he just could relate them anymore. So, Moshe was the leader of the door. And of course, he was there to protect the door, and to teach the door, and to guide the door, and to fight the battles of the door. But, think about it. It got to a point in Pajas Malosha. Ta'i Israel are living the ideal life. They have no covered, they have one, they have everything they need, there's no one effect attacking them. There's nothing, they're in a perfect environment. They have Moshe to teach them Torah. This is the ideal. This is we're talking about in terms of uh, a time in Olam Azeh where this would have been the most perfect situation in Azeh. No one wants to do anything. Everything's taken care of. It's all missing, and you've, you you spend a day in, in an ideal situation to learn Torah. That's what they had. And at the time there was no one. They were on the way to Israel. Everything's perfect. And now what's the problem? But there's no garlic. There's no garlic and there's no fish. Moshe says, what's wrong with these people? That's where the door is holding. But they are complaining about fish and garlic. Moshe says, Hashem, I can't deal with them. We're not in the same wavelength. We're not in the same planet. Imagine. The, I mean, we don't have to imagine. Today we understand it very well. Imagine you're the Rosh Hashim. And you provide your family with everything. A dorm and, and, and good meals and everything they need. And taking care of each of everything they want. Everything's perfect. And the Bachelor comes to complain. Don't, we're not having issues. We can't carry on anything. It's just not working. What's the problem? There's no garlic in the kitchen. What, that's your problem? If everything you need, 
And that's the reason to make this rebellion that you don't know you're garlic. It's, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, now, so that, multiply that by the Dodea. We're talking in the midbar. That's that's Israel's problem. That's what Israel is. I can't. We're not, I can't deal with these people. We're, I'm not their. I'm not on their wavelength. I'm not on their. Do- I'm not on their door. So Hashem says to him, "Make a scanim, the scanim who from the people." And it wasn't that the scanim were coming to replace Moshe. They couldn't. But the point of the scanim was people to deal with the problems of the dot. Let them be the ones to go talk to them about the God. Yes, God. No, God. No, they, they can relate to each other. And the idea was Moshe, you're going to still be the leader. But these kind of things, you have, so to speak. The Scanium, their job is to deal with the people. They're taking these kind of complaints, they'll convince them that God isn't the end of the world. Whatever it's going to be, they're going to deal with it. You're right, it wasn't for your problem. So Moshe never intended to give up the job as leading Kali Yisra. Moshe never intended to give up his job as being the one to be the Navi to teach Torah. But he said this, to deal with these kind of issues that the Dar has, it's not for me. It's not for me, and I shouldn't agree with him. The Scanium can do that. And therefore, we don't have the Scanium afterwards. Maybe they did. But uh, or everything major which needed, was needed for Kali Yisrael, Moshe never gave that up. He was still doing that. Good. That's the background. That's the background. Now let's understand something else. Korach, like we said, wasn't an idiot. Korach wasn't an idiot. And Korach comes like this. He didn't mean for a second to say Kali Yisrael don't need leaders. He didn't mean for a second to say Kali Yisrael don't need leaders. We all know. In a society where there's no one in charge, even if they call him Kedoshim, but it's going to be anarchy. It's going to be chaos. If no one's taking the lead, and no one's giving decisions, and no one has to listen to anybody else, it'll fall apart. That's not what Karach meant. It wouldn't have worked. Karach meant something else. And Karach meant, Kala Adam Kolam Kedoshim. Everyone's a Kodesh, and therefore, let them choose their own leaders. Let them choose who they want to lead them. Why are you deciding who all the leaders are going to be? Moshe, you decided who the Scanium were, and you decided who the Nusim were, and you decided you got all the jobs. Let Kaisal well decide for themselves. Let Kaisal well choose their own leaders. Democracy, in our word. Let's choose. We're Kutoshim, we're big people. We can make our own decisions. We can find within our own ranks the people we want to lead us. Let us choose our leaders. That was Karak wanted. And why are they playing to Karak's interest? Because if that's going to be the question of letting Kaisal vote their candidates, and Karach was pretty sure he'd get chosen. On both fronts. Number one, he had the money. Number two, he had the Khashivas. And therefore, Karach wasn't coming to say, Moshe, I'm better than you. We're going, let's go into conflict. Let's see who's more of a leader. Karach came with a different argument. And Karach's argument was, let Kaisal choose their own leaders. Let them make candidates and let them decide who they want to lead them. Why are you, Moshe, deciding everybody who gets any single position in Kaisal was decided by Moshe? Each Nasi and each position and each everything was given by Moshe. Why? Let them choose themselves. They're They're good people. They'll decide who they want to lead them. And this was something we didn't just speak to Karach. This spoke to the Russians and Hedros. Because if that, would, if that was going to be the way it's going to work, if Kaishal can choose leaders, then we're the, we, we, we the ones who think we're going to be leaders. But we're the Russians and Hedros. We're the leaders. We are the leaders naturally in Kaishal. So if it's going to be that Kaishal chooses who's going to lead them, then of course, the people who would be the candidates to get chosen would have an interest in that. And that was Karach's argument. That's what attracted Klai Yisrael. Karach's argument was, we're going to choose our leaders. Klai Yisrael, you can make your own decisions. We want to choose who our who Gdonim are going to be. We're going to choose who, who, who's going to, and then attracted both sides. Both Mitzalech, that now we can choose who we want to lead us, and the people who thought, well, we stand the chance of being chosen. So it was a very attractive argument. So 
suggestion of a democratic process was so terrible that it was worthwhile for them to be killed? Meaning, what was so treacherous about that? We'll see. So that, that was what Karaf wanted. I always say that. Uh, that was the first attempt at democracy. As let them choose themselves. Now, that, that answers two out of the four questions we asked. The first question we asked was, why would it attract our audience? What was Karaf's argument? That's Karaf and Karakadoshim. Uh, how would that help him? The answer was he didn't mean to say, and therefore we don't need leaders. He said, therefore let us choose our own leaders. And then he thought, I'm a prime candidate. And all the Russians and Hadras who got on board also thought they were prime candidates. And that's what all came from Shevet Ruven. Because Ruven was naturally the oldest Shevet. So he thought, if it's going to go back to the natural system of who's going to get chosen, then we're the Bukharian, we're going to get chosen. So that there's an attractive argument to them. That was the first point. Secondly, what attracted Kayashal about the argument, what, what, what could have put forth something which would have made sense. Now we have to answer the other two questions. And that is, how are you going to fight with Moshe? Moshe is doing a very good job. And Moshe has proven himself. What are you trying to do? Why would people listen to you? And the answer is, at that stage, Karaf wasn't trying to say, Moshe, you weren't chosen by Hashem as a novel. But he said, but, just like you set up Skadim as an interim to be Kaishal, let us choose our, we want to choose our Skadim. We want to choose our leaders. You want to be the intermediary, and you want to, you want to talk to Hashem, and you want to be the Navi. No one's taking away from Hashem. No one could. But that doesn't mean that you can set up everybody underneath you. We want to do that. So you'll be on top, and we'll decide for ourselves who leads us. And therefore, what did Moshe, what did Korach want? Well, firstly, what he wanted was the Nasius of the Shevet. That's the first thing Rashi says. Who's going to be the Nasi of Shevet Kahas? Moshe gave it to himself, and he said, I want it. Okay, I want it. And he was pretty sure that if it would be an election for the Nazi servant, he would get it. He was the older brother, he was the son of the older brother, he was more he was more rich, whatever it was going to be. Here. And then secondly, the Kohena. It's the same thing. Kohena, it's Batsim, we Kaisha, we want to serve Hashem. Why should you give it to Aaron, not anyone else do it? We want, to, we, we, want, we want to decide who's going to be the Kohen. It was the same argument, and it was an attractive argument because it spoke to something in Kaisha on two points. Number one, the feeling of we're Kaddish. And therefore, we can decide. And number two, that opens up the ability that we can, that isn't locked to just whoever Moshe gave it to. Maybe more people can get Zeichen. Maybe we can have more people being kind. So it, it appealed to Kaishal in that sense. And it was an argument which, would, would, on one hand, empower Korach, on the other hand, it didn't take away from Moshe. He never said to Moshe, Moshe, you're an imposter. You never took us out of the shrine. You couldn't do it. You couldn't say, Moshe, Hashem never gave you the Torah. You couldn't do that. What he could say is that we want to but Lamaisa, all the appointments you made, we want to make we want to decide who we're gonna we we want to decide who's gonna be we we're gonna appoint. Not you. Or as much as what so what, what became the argument? And that is, is it Minashamaim also? And that was Moshe's argument. I said I didn't do anything Milibi. It wasn't that I decided who to appoint. Hashem told me who to appoint. Because the Quran's argument wasn't that Kilo Moshe was the one who was uh, was never meant to be the leader. Korach's argument was, Moshe, you chose the people you wanted for the jobs. We want to choose the people. And Moshe's argument was, it's not true. I didn't choose anybody. Those people also told me by Hashem. And that's what he says to him. You don't believe me. Try. And then Hashem decided who he wanted. But it was a way to fight without, so to speak, denying the fact what Moshe was. It was a way to, to argue on the appointments that Moshe made. Was that clear to Moshe's decision? Is it we want to make a decision? What Moshe's argument was, it wasn't my decision either. It was Hashem's decision. Okay, that's the background to the story of Pharaoh. Now, what was wrong with it? 
What is wrong with it? So let's first look at it from the halachic point of view, and then we'll talk about the practical point. Halachically, Karech's chayav missing. Because it's a Rambam. And the Rambam says, if a person's overall delivering Navi, it's chayav missing. So if no one's arguing Moshe was a Navi, and no one's arguing Moshe said things B'Shem Hashem, and if Moshe's going to say B'Shem Hashem, this is what Hashem says. So you can't argue with that. If Moshe was saying that I'm the Navi and I decide who I want to appoint, then you have an argument. And you're going to say, well, we want to decide who we want to appoint. Let's choose for ourselves. Fine. That could be an argument. But Moshe said, I didn't decide. It wasn't that I decided. Hashem said. And if I'm telling you, Hashem said that Aaron's the coin. And Hashem said that Safran's the Navi. And Hashem said that this is the job you have. So it's a Debray Navi. You can't argue with that. You're not allowed to argue with that. You argue with the Navi, you have missed it. It's saying with Hashem. And therefore, what was wrong with Karak's idea was, had, had, look at it. Moshe said, I randomly chose who I wanted to choose. I gave it to my family first, and it was my decision. Then Karech has a good argument. But Berek and Moshe are going to say that wasn't the case. I didn't do anything immediately. Just from Hashem. Then Karech, I'll pay Dini Mechuf to back there. You can't argue with the Novi. That's that was too far. Karech did argue. You know, that's the Karech was high missing. That's the first point. That was the halachic problem with it. The second problem, and this is a, a, a different issue, which I have to think about. And that is, and this brings us to the other side of the story. And that is, how bad how is Karach's argument as an argument? How bad is Karach's argument as an argument? In other words, if there is somebody who is the leader, if there is somebody who is the, who is the Navi, who is the one who Hashem put in charge, does he have the right to choose all the people over there? Or can Karach also say, no, we want to decide that. In other words, even taking out the fact that Halakhiki was wrong because Moshe was saying I didn't spend a book. But even if that hadn't been the case, is the argument a good argument? Is the argument a good argument to say that we, not, you might be the figurehead but we want to choose all the people underneath? Or no, if I'm on top of the position I'm going to choose everybody lower down too. Where does it start from? Who chooses all the ranks? The person on top or the people at the bottom? And here we can read here two stories to it. Karach's side was we could ocean, let us choose We'll choose the people we want to respect. We know who our leaders are. Let us choose them. And what would be the other side? The other side, no. Part of the authority of whoever's in charge. And I have the right to decide who I'm delegating authority in different areas. Again, I didn't get to that because Moshe didn't make it a personal argument. He said, this, this is an avur. He's not to argue with. But even I'm saying on the logic of it, what's her, what, is there such an argument? Is there such an argument? Now, that's the background to the confrontation of Karech and Moshe. We explained that's what was, what was attractive to the Kaiser. So obviously we have to one more point to finish. So what was, so if, that, if that's what Kaiser wanted, that we, we, we might be chosen as leaders. We might be, we might be able to choose our leaders. So what was the argument of Mrs. Andrin Pellis? Then there was something to gain. Maybe I would be a leader, and maybe I'd be a good candidate. So the answer is, and this is the point where, where there was something not completely nishma about the whole fight of Korah, and I'll show you point this out. Think about it. Korah said, yeah, we want to choose the Kali. One of the things he wanted, we want to choose the Kali, not you. It's a position of representing Kali Yisrael, but the Vaida of Kali Yisrael, we want to choose the Kali. So Moshe says, listen, you want to try? Try. Let Hashem decide. But I'm warning you, Moshe says to them, 
Only one person is the Kohen God. There's not going to be more than that. It's not going to have multiple Kohen God. Right? Even on your argument, only one person is the Kohen God. Which means you're taking a chance of with whoever is going to try to take this uh, attempt. You're taking a chance and you're not going to make it. Because if you're not the Kohen, then you're Chayv Misa on coming to the best of the Shunaka. Pierre Economist is Chayv Misa, a lot of Maria Ricardo died. So what is the Shunaka? You want to try, try. But you're taking a chance with your life. Now let's think about it. How many people wouldn't take up the challenge? 250. Besides for Karech and besides for Arab. So you're doing 252 contestants. For a position where there's one winner and everybody else dies. Now our question is like this. Let's say Moshe was wrong to choose Aaron. Let's say. Firstly, there also needs explanation because Aaron's been doing it for the last year. Every day, and no one stopped him. And nothing happened to him. Hashem didn't kill him. So Aaron's already in the job for a year, and Hashem's okay with that. Nothing happened to him. So that also needs a question of why do you think something's going to change now? But let's, like, let's leave that out the, the, the question for right now. Okay, so we all think we've got candidates. Look around. You think that you're so much better than all the other 252 can, 251 candidates that you're, the, that you're going to be the ones that say they're all going to die. Maybe there's a concept that I also I also have a chance. Maybe, maybe if I had if there would be elections for Kohen Gadol, I'd put my name in for uh, you know, for to run for. But if uh, the rules of the election are going to be the winner wins, everyone else gets shot. I'm so convinced that it's worth trying that I'm going to risk my life in it. And that's what, that's what Moshe is pointing out to them. This isn't completely lishma. This isn't completely lishma. If you really felt this is something that Klai should also choose. Right? Okay, that's what I Let's say, on your argument, that's what choose I needed. Why are you so convinced that they're going to choose you, that you're going to risk your life in it? There's a, more than 200 other candidates who, who also think it's going to be them, and you're willing, you're willing, to, you're willing to take a chance for sure. See, how do you know that? Let's say Kaisal would decide. How do you know it's going to be? So, I'm just showing them there's a certain Shalish Mahi. There's a certain element of a person's own covered, his own, no, his own, he considers himself that I consider it so possible that I'm going to be the Kohen God that I'm willing to take a chance with my life. And that's what Moshe is pointing out to them that this, there's a, this isn't completely Lishma. This isn't completely Lishma. It's not like you're thinking what's best for Klai Israel and you're coming completely Lishma. There's a certain best interest where I think let everybody choose, let them choose me. And you see, you're, willing to, you, you're so convinced you're right, you're willing to risk your life in it. And that's what that, that was even before that Hashem did choose. And Hashem showed them that they were wrong. He killed them all. But before that, when Moshe was already pointing out to them, that you see that this, uh, this isn't a completely altruistic argument. It's not like you're coming to help Klai Yisrael. If you would do, then don't make yourself a candidate. Let Klai Yisrael choose. If you're willing to be the candidate and you're willing to take the risk, it means that you're really holding Ashabi. You're really holding it's me. And you're doing this because you're trying to promote yourself. That's the danger. And that's what happens. On the one hand, Karach on the other hand Karach had thought that he had a good argument but on the other hand with his Be'etz and deep down feeling it was that Karach really thought he deserves to be the leader and once that's the case Mimela as much as you can concoct the whole ideology of why you think you're going to get that you're going to get to be in that position the Maisa if it wasn't the Shema from the beginning like Moshe showed them it's not going to work and Mimela Karach served as the example of, and that's why the mission says and the answer is no. The Shalashim is Karach Vadosay. Karach and his own aid it wasn't Shalashim because they all thought it was them. If 250 people say, we won't let Kaishal choose the leaders, and each one's thinking, because it's going to be me. That's the right Shalashim Shemaim. 
Each one has their own interest in mind. They, they're the problem. If it was Rosh Hashanah, they wouldn't have been Adosa. They're fine, they choose. If they, if they happen to choose me, okay. But why is that convinced it's going to be in the Rosh? Karach Vadosa is the example of, even though the whole thing seems to make sense, but the atom is all coming from Mashallah Hashanah.